Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk about something that we all deal with, and that is the stress and the anxiety of teaching. Teaching can be super stressful, not only because there's so much to do, but because there's just so many problems we face, and it is really a high-pressure situation. We've got students depending on us, we've got administrators, we've got parents, and there can just be so much going on that it's easy to just be overwhelmed with stress and anxiety. In this episode, I want to talk kind of specifically not about the stress um, of just being overwhelmed by the workload. Now, that could definitely apply to the things we're going to talk about today, but we're going to be talking about, you know, overwhelmed and workload more in the coming weeks. In this episode, I want to talk more about stress in general, stress and anxiety related to things like the difficulties that we face, uh, specific challenges in our classroom, uncertain circumstances, uh, not knowing what or when or where you're going to teach next year, frustrating coworkers or administrators or difficult parents and students, uh, just that daily grind, things like that. So I want you to think about the things that worry or stress you when it comes to teaching. And I want you to keep that in mind as we talk through this episode, because I'm going to share with you a simple but quite an uncommon solution to your teacher's stress and anxiety. There are a lot of blog posts and podcasts and resources out there about how to handle stress and how to handle anxiety. And they give a lot of great tips. You know, you can talk about your energy level and we can talk about mindfulness and we can talk about, um, you know, taking things off your plate. And all of these things are important. And we talk about them here on the Teach for the Heart podcast. But as Christians, there is a a spiritual solution. And this spiritual solution is so much more powerful than all the other substitutes that people try to make up. This is the solution to stress and anxiety. All the other things are just helpful add-ons or (laughs) add-ons really at best. And at worst, they're trying to substitute for the true solution. And the true answer is found in trusting and surrendering to Christ. We're going to get into that, but let's let's look first at two verses that specifically talk about stress and anxiety in the in the Bible, and specifically show us that it shouldn't be part of the Christian life. I think sometimes we just we we know. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be stressed. I know, I know worry is not good, but we it's so common for Christians to be stressed and worried, just like non Christians, that we sometimes think. It's normal, and we think that this is just the way it is, and there's not really any way around it. But that's just not true. The Bible doesn't portray that, and there are Christians. I've started to experience this in my own life, and I'm sure if you think about it, you know people that you're like, they're not stressed. They always seem to have a peace and a joy. How do they do that? And there really is an answer. That My point here is the, what we see as the norm isn't supposed to be the norm, at least not amongst Christians. So listen to these two verses. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 
And I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I mention them all the time. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the Bible is clear that we shouldn't worry and shouldn't stress. But you're probably thinking, yeah, Linda, that's way easier said than done. How? How do I stop stressing? How do I stop worrying? And that's exactly what we're about to talk about. And I want to tell you, um, I am totally there with you. Even just last week, I was stressing about, you know, what to share on Teach for the Heart and like what resources to create and like how to best help and support teachers. And I was, I was honestly stressing about it. And I had to go back through this process again and um, just to remember these truths that I'm about to share with you. So let's dive in. You know, there are a lot of reasons for our worry and stress. And sometimes there's even a specific problem with a specific biblical answer. You know, for example, sometimes our stress comes because we're worried about what people think about us rather than being worried about doing our best for God's glory and just pleasing God. So we could talk a whole episode just on that, and maybe we will at some point. And so we talk about a lot of these nuances um, in Teach Uplifted. Um, we also talked about, you know, that's we talk about some of these different specific problems um, in a past episode, um, the one that talks about teaching with anxiety. You can go back and look about look at that one. I'll also link to it in the notes um, for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash trust. But the answer, here's the thing, just despite what the problem is, despite the underlying problem that's causing our stress and worry, which it is good to try to figure out that underlying problem and and dig that out. But like I said, we, we don't have time to talk about that today. What I want to talk about today is the answer because the solution, regardless of what, what the problem is, it can actually be boiled down to two simple things. If we do these two simple but uncommon things, we will see a tremendous drop in our stress and in our anxiety and in our worry. And I will submit to you that anytime we do stress, worry, it's because we are not doing these two things. And like I said that last week, when I when I was stressing, it was because I wasn't doing this. And as soon as I stopped and did this, the worry and the stress started to diminish. So what are they? We must trust God and we must surrender to his plan. It is really that simple as trust and surrender. So let's talk about these two. First of all, trust. We have to believe that whatever situation we are facing, God is in control about it. Sometimes we, whether consciously or unconsciously, we think that somehow maybe God like missed us on this one. Like maybe something happened that he actually isn't aware of or that or that like maybe this one slipped past him or maybe like he wants this but you know other people just aren't going along with what he wants and so it's causing these problems and when we say that it sounds so ridiculous but sometimes we're unconsciously subconsciously thinking that and we have to remind ourselves there is never a situation that man is able to mess up God's plan for you if your administrator, for example, is you know not rehiring you next year, do you really think that God isn't able to overrule that administrator if he wanted you to stay there? Do you really think this has caught God by surprise and, and God's up there going, oh man, but I really wanted them there? Of course not, right? 
Anything that's in your life is there because God either specifically designed it or he has allowed it for his purpose. Now, I cannot explain this to you. I cannot explain to you how this works. This baffles me. But if we could understand God, we could be God. <laughs> but but God is so much higher than us. He, he understands so much more than us. We cannot understand his ways. But we have to trust them. We have to believe God is in control because the Bible clearly teaches that he is. That not a sparrow falls to the ground without his knowing it. That, that God knows the hairs of our head. That he is in control of everything. And he has allowed it for his purpose. And that's the next point. So we have to believe, first of all, God is in control. Nothing gets past him. Um, this, whatever's happening, for good or bad, it is God has allowed it. He could take it away in an instant if he chooses to. So first of all, we have to believe he's able. But that brings us to another problem. Okay, if God is in control, why has he allowed this? And this is more and more difficult, the more and more challenging what you're facing is, the more and more devastating it is. But here's the thing. We must believe, as taught in scripture, that God is a good father and the best teacher. God knows what we need. And Hebrews 12 in particular talks about how God chastens and corrects us in love to train us and to make us holy. And too often we look at our circumstances as just what we think that the purpose in life is to be happy. And so we look at our situation and say, this isn't making me happy. This is horrible. But we forget that the purpose in life isn't to be happy. It is to be like Christ, to bring God glory. And he often uses difficult circumstances to help us become more like Christ. And and this makes sense to us as teachers, right? I mean, teaching... Uh, in training, especially if you, if you have kids as well, as teachers and as parents, often that training that we do with our students, it's, it's, it isn't always fun, right? We, we try to make learning fun, but sometimes there's correction that's involved. Sometimes we have to say no to things that we wish we could say yes to. It would be really fun to just play a game today, but but we have to do this in activity because we need to learn, right? Sometimes we have to... Um, it's not all fun and games, right? Sometimes there are difficult parts of the learning process, right? Sometimes you have to, if two kids are having, uh, are fighting, you have to sit down and have a difficult discussion amongst them, right? So a lot of times things are hard that help us. And God is our father. And this, this is the thing. We as teachers, we mess this up, right? Sometimes we don't deal with situations correctly. But God is the best teacher. He is a good father. And everything he allows in our life, everything he puts in our life is for a good purpose. And we can trust him for that. And we must trust him for that. And that ties into the last point. We must believe God is working for good. I'm sure you've heard Romans 8, 28. It is so powerful though. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. But listen to the next verse. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. We often look at that verse and think, oh, this is going to work out for good. Once again, meaning happiness. It may not work out for our happiness, but it will work out for our good, which is to make us more like Christ, to be conformed to the image of his son, which incidentally works out for our joy in the long run. 
but maybe not our short-term happiness. Okay, I could go on and on about this forever, but I hope you're starting to grasp the idea. The first point is we have to trust. We have to trust God in this situation, that he is in control of it, that he has a purpose in it, that he has allowed it for a reason, and that he is good. Even if the situation is very bad, he is good. So trust is the first piece of it. But trust is only half of it. The other half is surrender. We must surrender our hopes and our desires to his. Often our worry and our stress comes because we're holding on to what we want. And we're worried that it won't turn out the way we hope. So, you know, it goes like this. Okay, I know God's in control, but what if God wants me to, you know, what if God wants me to teach this class that I don't want to teach? Or, you know, what if God doesn't want, you know, wants this student in my class that I don't want in my class? Or or whatever the situation is, right? What if God allows this to keep happening? What if he keeps, what if this health issue lasts for the next five years? What if he doesn't want to take it away? Um, what if the test results come back differently than what I was hoping for, Right. So we know he's in control, but we worry, what if his plan isn't what we want? And that's where the surrender comes in. And the surrender is so much easier when we remember the good father, the good teacher, right? Um, But we have to choose. There is a sweet rest in surrendering to God, knowing he is a good teacher, knowing he is a good father, knowing he knows it better than us. And like I said, that's hard, but but we can do that. And I think it does help thinking of the analogy of teachers and parents. We ourselves, if you're a teach, you are a teacher. And if you're a parent, you know that, you know, your students or your, your kids, they can't always see the big, big picture. They see what they want right now, right? But you know what's best for them in the long run. Um, you know that, you know, something as simple as, you know, eating gobs and gobs of candy is not going to be good for them in the long run, right? Having, going to bed is good for them, right? In the long run. Uh, and then of course, a mere of actually, you know, more, those are just little things, but, you know, deep um, character training, same thing, right? What's easy in the short term is not always what's best in the long term. And so we teach them, we train them, and we wish they would just surrender to that, right? Knowing that we know best. As imperfect as we are in that, God is so much more perfect, right? He is perfect. He never makes a mistake in how he trains us. And so we can we must surrender what we want to his and just and 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 this is a choice of the will it's not a choice of our emotions our emotions might really want it to turn out a certain way but regardless of what we want we can say to god not my will but yours and i i as an example of this i love the example of jesus in the garden of gethsemane right his emotion is on full display he is sweating great drops of blood he is crying in agony he is struggling emotionally and he asks i also love that he asks for what he wants he asks the father father if it's possible will you remove this cup from me will you keep me from having to go through this he he asks for what he desires but that's not the end. He says, will you, if, if it is possible, will you remove this cup? Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. And there is such freedom in that prayer and saying, Lord, this is what I want. But if that's not what you want, I choose what you want. It is a choice of the will. Even though my emotions are screaming in protest at saying those words, I choose with my will to want what you want. And 
And here's the beauty of that. If we are trusting, we choose to trust and we choose to surrender, there's nothing to worry about. Everything is in God's hands. We may still wonder what's going to happen. Our our emotions may still not be completely in line, but every time those emotions war back up within us, we stop and say, "No, I choose to trust. I choose to surrender." And I'm going to I'm going to, you know, my my emotions Maybe a bit in haywire, but I'm not going to put my trust in my emotions. I'm going to put my trust in what I know to be true, and that is that God is good and that I can trust him. And so, like I said, it's a choice. We may not feel the trust. We may not feel like we want to surrender. Um, We may not even like the thought of what that might look like, but we can choose with our will to trust and to surrender. And I found in my experience that eventually my feelings catch up to that. Right at first, it, my my feelings are screaming in protest, but eventually, by the grace of God, they catch up. And um, I I hope that this I'm going to leave you with a quote by F. B. Meyer, and I found this quote in the book A Christian Secret. Uh, of a Happy Life by Hannah Weidel Smith, which I highly recommend and which we've actually reorganized into our Teach Uplifted Devotions for Teachers book, which I will um, link to at teachfortheheart.com slash trust. But listen to this quote. It's so helpful. It says, Unbelief puts circumstances between itself and Christ so as not to see him. Faith puts Christ between itself and the circumstances so that it cannot see them. Can you picture that, right? When we're not believing, all we can see is our circumstances. And Christ is obscured somewhere in the background, overwhelmed behind all of our circumstances. But when we choose to trust Christ, the circumstances are still there. They're still looming, but now they're in the background. We can't see them because all we can see is Christ and we know that he is in control of those circumstances. I love that quote so much. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to, um, going to arrange it and, and make a printable of it for you with a nice background. So you can print that out and post it somewhere. If you, if you, if you find that quote as helpful as I do, um, then you can head over to teachfortheheart.com slash trust and we'll set that up and get a way um, for you to download that and print that out. Okay, I know we really just um, scratched the surface of this. Um, let, let's pause and pray for a minute. And then I want to talk with you a little bit more about some next steps because these are hard things. Um, it's easy to say this, but there's so many different things to work through with how do I actually do this day by day? What does this actually look like? And what happens when I doubt? And what happens when I don't know what to do? And what happens when, you know, I, I'm still failing at it and, and all of that? So let's pray and then let's talk a little bit about that. Father, thank you so much that you are good, that you are a good father, a good teacher. Thank you that you want to teach us these truths, You that you are there to teach us how to trust you. And I pray for each teacher right now who's dealing with stress, anxiety. I mean, honestly, we all deal with it on some level or another. And I pray that you will help them to learn these truths. I will pray that you will help them trust you and surrender to you and that they will see your hand work in their lives, in the lives of their students in their school in amazing ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, um, there's a lot to this, right? Uh, it's, it's super simple, but it's 
totally changing the way we think about difficulties. And just I, in my experience, I found in my own life and also in the life of teachers that I've been talking with about this, it takes time to kind of explore all the nuances of what this actually looks like and, you know, actually make it a habit in your life. And I will say from personal experience, when you do make this a habit it, it, when, and God changes your heart, it is amazing the how much your stress levels would decrease. I, I've seen this in my life and I just strongly encourage you. It is worth pursuing. And um, so there are two things that I have to recommend to you that I believe will be really helpful. My strongest recommendation is if you're able to, if you would join us in Teach Uplifted, we take six weeks and really delve into this in detail. And um, we have the devotional study that talks all about this. And like I said, talks about some of those difficulties that come up around it. And then we also have audio. It also includes audio lessons that take these devotional truths and help us apply them in various aspects of teaching, you know, aspects such as, you know, how do I deal with difficult people around me? Um, What about my energy level? How does that factor in? Um, It does talk a little bit about the overwhelming workload. So it kind of takes these these principles and applies them in various aspects of teaching. Um, So I'd love for you to join us there. You can get the details at teachuplifted.com. And we'll also link to everything at teachfortheheart.com slash trust. If Teach Uplifted um, is not in your price range, we also have just the devotion book. So Teach Uplifted includes the devotions, but if you want to do the study on your own instead of joining us, I think it's really helpful to join in with us. But if you want to just um, look at the devotional part itself, um, you can check out Teach Uplifted devotions books. We also have a devotions book um, that talks about a lot of the same things, and that's at Teach Uplifted. I'm sorry, that's at teachfortheheart.com slash devotions. And finally, if you are on a shoestring budget, I would recommend um, the book, A Christian Secret of a Happy Life by Hannah Whitehall-Smith. Like I said, that's actually the book that we've rearranged into the Teach Uplifted devotions and applied it with journal prompts and such to teaching. So we've taken this book, it's in the public domain, and we've recreated the Teach Uplifted devotions and we use it in the Teach Uplifted program. But if you're not able to join us in either one of those forms, you can find A Christian Secret to a Happy Life for a, a, the ebook version for a dollar on Amazon. Um, so, and it will be incredibly helpful to you. It won't have the applications to teaching um, because it was not written specifically for teachers, um, but it will still be incredibly helpful to you in this regard. And we'll link to everything at teachfortheheart.com slash trust. Thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.